All right, grab your, uh, grab your notepads, your pens, your papers today. We're going to do a little work today, all right? We're in a series that's called uh, F Words You Can Say in Church, and we've done faith, amen. We, um, we had a great word on faith from uh, Pastor Chris. Let me say, uh, last week, if you missed the message, if you missed the uh, testimony, especially from, um, from Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan and uh, Elise, that was one of the most, um, I just, it was most, one of the most enjoyable things I've experienced in just a long time. It was phenomenal. Be sure to go onto the website and uh, be sure to go on there to the website and listen to that. It was just thoroughly, thoroughly amazing, amazing. So everybody had a good week. I hope everybody's doing well. Man, had a great time with our XYZ group the other night. We had a blast, had a prayer time. And uh, the, uh, Roger, I just want to say, man, I don't know what you're doing, but the youth that stayed at our house uh, Friday night, I never even heard them. I went to bed early, uh, took some drugs, passed out, man. So... <laughs> Um, you know, just make sure that I didn't hear any of that noise. It was a, it was a great night. And I'm proud of you guys. Y'all are doing, hey, youth, we love you guys. We are so, so proud of you and all the wonderful, wonderful things that are going on. Let me just join in as well and say thanks to all of our, um, all of our guests for being here this morning. We are so thankful. Uh, we know there's lots and lots of different places, but we, play, we pray that maybe you'll just feel at home and come and join in and experience some of the fantastic things that God's doing here at New Covenant Church. We really, really are excited. Our, um, our F word for today is finances. Amen. <laughs> Who said, uh-oh, Ken, come on now. Carla, reach over there and lay hands suddenly on that man. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to talk about finances. And actually, we're going to talk about some financial fundamentals, some financial uh, fundamentals and foundations uh, about finances. Um, this is not going to be a typical tithing a sermon, although um, we'll talk a little bit about this. But I want to give us some, some tips. You know, the Bible is filled with instruction about money. It's absolutely amazing how much the scripture says. So um, we're gonna jump in, we're gonna handle about, talk about about 10 uh, different little foundation, little fundamentals about um, finances today. So everybody ready? Yes. Come on, say I'm ready, let's go, come on. Let's say I'm ready, let's go, ready? Okay, here we go, let's jump in. Financial fundamental number one. Money has a spirit attached to it. It's either gonna be the spirit of mammon or the spirit of God, amen? How many people have ever recognized that money really does have a spirit attached to it? It will try to control you or you're going to control it. it. It really will. And I want to just read a couple of scriptures. I don't want to offend anybody reading the Bible in church. But um, I'd like to just read some scriptures here this morning, all right, uh, about what the Bible says about money. <clears throat> Starting in Matthew chapter 6. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money or God and men. So money, how many people know money is a great servant, but a terrible master? Anybody? It really is. Money is a great servant. So um, from Proverbs chapter eight, I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield better than choice silver. 
I walk in the way of righteousness and in the paths of justice, granting, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasures. You want your treasures filled? It's not about seeking money. It's about seeking God and wisdom. Every one, let me say, every one of these scriptures that I'm reading this morning could be a whole sermon. It could probably be a whole book about them, about what they say. Let me encourage you, write down these verses, okay? Take them down, go back and read them. Let the Holy Spirit, how many people know the Holy Spirit will teach us? Amen. He's a great teacher. He loves us. He wants us to know. So I encourage you, write this down. Go back and read these later. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. <clears throat> the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, is a wise son, the scripture says there. But he who sleeps... In harvest is a son who brings shame, Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10 goes on in verse 22 and says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. You want a scripture to remember? Man, that's a great one right there, Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 11, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. When the wicked dies, his hope will perish, and the expectation of the wealth perishes too. Whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Again, putting our trust in riches is not the way we want to go. Who are we putting our trust in? In God. Amen? So, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase. Everybody say, little by little. Amen? Let's gain, let's gain little by little. The poor is disliked even by his neighbor, but the rich man has many friends. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. You know, another place the scripture says this, it says that he who uh, gives to the poor lends to God. <clears throat> many people know if you're lending to God, that's um, they, they, having God owe you is a good place to be, amen? Amen, God always pays his bills, so... In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. For Proverbs 23, do not toil to acquire wealth, be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings and it flies like an eagle away towards heaven. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, if there's a scripture you should have underlined in your Bible, this is a pretty good one here, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. This too is meaningless. I don't know when you read that scripture, but when I read it, it reminds me of a scripture in the New Testament where Timothy says this, <coughs> excuse me, where Paul writing to Timothy says this, he says, for the love of money is the root of evil, of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You ever met anybody who just loves money? Find out that love of money doesn't serve them very well, does it? No? No. Okay. <coughs> Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs 11.4 says, Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Y'all feel free to take a drink there if you need one. Okay. So. <laughs> Proverbs 11.4, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteous deliver, righteousness delivers from death. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, instruct those who are rich. Let me ask you a question this morning. Any rich people here? 
You know what? Every person in this building needs to raise their hand. Everybody here. We are in the top 3%, no matter how bad your situation is here in, the, in, in, in Tyler, Texas, and East Texas, <clears throat> we are in the top 3% of the world's income. Do you know that? How many, any rich people here today? Yep. All right, that's better. So instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on uncertainty of riches, but on God. We're going to fix our hope on God. Amen? who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy, to enjoy. How about that? <clears throat> God wants us to enjoy all things. Look at somebody beside you and say, hey, God wants you to enjoy things, okay? That's good news to some people. I don't know about you, but there was a time in life when I thought that God was this kind of big mean guy sitting up on a chair and, you know, if you stepped on the crack, he was going to give you a whack and all that kind of stuff, you know? That's not who God is. God is God who loves his children and who wants us to enjoy life. He goes on, he says, so instruct these people, these rich people, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation, foundational thoughts here, okay? A good foundation for this future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. And that's what we want to do today. We want to look at some principles. We want to look at some foundations. We want to look at some things about finances that are going to help us, some fundamentals of finances that are going to help us now and in the days to come. You ready? To, let's welcome the Holy Spirit to help us as we look into these things. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we again, we thank you. I thank you for worship this morning. Father, I, am, uh, I want to be the person that comes and just gives worship. But today, God, I needed I needed to be in your presence. And God, how wonderful it is that as we come into your presence, we feel stress just uh, roll off of us. We feel the cares of the world, world roll away. We feel that, that the weakness being replaced by the strength of who you are. God, I thank you for that. That's so amazing. We come to give to you and we always get so much more in return. I pray that today as we give you our attention, God, we would get so much more in return. We would get an understanding of how to live righteously, how to set our trust, our trust, our hope in you. God, how to use the finances that you've given us for your glory in a way that will expand the kingdom of God until Jesus comes. For it's in his name we pray and everybody said, amen. 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 Philippians chapter four, one of my favorite verses, it says this, it says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So now to God the Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, that, that's my prayer this morning is that, is that God would fill and flood each and every one of your lives. And as he does that, we want to be people who understand how to use the things that he gives us for his glory. Um, one of the things I want us to start with as an understanding is that either money will control you or you will control money, right? How many people have ever had money or lack of it control them? Amen. 
I, um, yes, I got in uh, Yvette's car last week and, um, and I had had my wallet, I was doing some work and I'd had my wallet and I'd put it in the door side of my car. And so I got in her car and, and took off and this little yellow light popped up. <clears throat> and uh, you know what light I'm talking about? One looks like a gas can and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop and get some gas. And then I reached, woo, uh-oh, the lack of money is going to be a problem here. So fortunately, the Lord was gracious. But, but listen, we're going to either control money or it's going to control us. Now, I want to prove a point to you this morning. I want to let you know, money will listen to you and money will obey you. It's a good servant, okay? So we're going to take some money here this morning and we're going to, all right, we're going to lay it here on the, the table and... Man, I'm just hoping the air conditioning doesn't come on and kick, you know, kick on and this money goes flying all over the place because, all right, here, I want you all to join me this morning. You ready? ready? We're going to talk to this money this morning. You ready? Here we go. Stay. Come on, with me. Join with me. Stay. Right there, okay? Don't move. Don't move. We're going to see if it obeys us. How many people think money will obey? It will. If you tell it what to do, it will obey you. So financial foundation, okay, number two, I want to talk about is an issue called margin. Margin matters in our lives. Margin matters. Everybody know what margin is? Margin is the difference between the amount of money that you make, that you have, your income, and the amount that you spend. Margin matters. If you're faithful in life, if you work hard, if you're diligent, As you go through life, hopefully you will see an increase in your income. Maybe you'll get a cost of living raise. Maybe you'll just get a a bonus. Maybe you'll have some type of an increase. You'll get a promotion and your income will go up. But you know what? Your lifestyle does not have to go up along with it. What I encourage us to do is to live, okay, the income that we have coming in right now, live below that income. The gap in between The income and the expenses is called margin, margin. For some of us though, as our income goes up, what happens is our lifestyle goes up and the margin collapses. Anybody ever seen this happen? I know in our lives, I can remember that there was a time when when going out to eat meant that the choice was either the golden arches or the Taco Bell, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so it was a matter of going to these, these that was the, the choices. It was pretty much limited. Our income limited that. But as God is blessed, then, then all of a sudden our choices, our standard of living goes up. And so, man, we became highfalutin and all that kind of stuff. We started going to McAllister's and we, you know, we started paying uh, $3 for a glass of tea or however much that is. And we did a... You know, all those kind of things. And, and we find that that happens as our, as our income goes up, then all of a sudden we want our lifestyle to go up. The only problem with that is, do you know that sometimes incomes don't always go up? Sometimes they go down. And if your lifestyle has gone up, if your lifestyle, if that margin has collapsed, then when things decline, when jobs end, when financial difficulties happen, when you need to repair the car, when you got something that goes on with your house, you have that extra bill that comes in from the doctor, then all of a sudden you're in financial crisis. Let me tell you, you don't have to. You don't have to have your lifestyle go up. 
Now I know some of us are just still looking forward to the day, you know, when we can eat at restaurants where the napkins are not made out of recycled material. You know, it's, um, they actually take them to the laundry and they're real linen and those type of things. But, but let me tell you that money, okay, the margin in our life. And can I say that margin's not just important with finances. Margin's important in every area of our lives. I'm concerned about us here in Tyler, Texas, and in America, that our margin of time, we're always running behind. We're always, man, we can't, you know, we, we come just in the door, on, just on time at work, and, and, and not, not throwing stones here, but, man, we, we find it difficult to get to church on time, and we find it difficult to get to appointments on time because our margin of time, one little thing, and it throws our whole day, our whole life out of order. Can I tell you that God says that we should be a people that live with some margin? You know, ladies, I, um, I know that there's times when, when we've got to have that, that newest purse that comes out and we've got to have those 40 pairs of shoes and we've got to have the, the newest gun that comes out, right? Any, any gun people in here this morning? Man, can I tell you that, and ladies, you don't have to have those new guns, okay? You don't have to have a gun that you put in a purse, all right? Hey, let's, let's ask, can I tell you this? As we talk to our money and tell it to stay, why don't we ask God about what he wants the standard of our life to be? I think we'll be surprised about the margin that he wants us to have. Now, I was picking on ladies because this never, the next point, there's the number three, okay, our, our, our financial foundation here, our financial fact number three is this, is um, we need to know the difference between spending and saving. We need to know the difference between spending and saving. Has anyone ever heard a conversation something like this? Um, someone comes home from, from maybe they've been out and about, and, but you say, what have you been up to today? And it's kind of obvious because as they come in, they're carrying all kinds of bags with them and boxes and stuff, and they, and they lay them on the counter, and they stand back and they go, man, did I save you money today? I think Yvette's, Yvette's mom was the greatest at this. I'm serious. She was, she was an expert. She'd come, in, she'd come in and have all this stuff, and her dad, Kenny, would say, say what, what, Irene, what, what's going on? She'd say, oh, Kenny, I saved you so much money today. And you know what? He looked at me. He said, you know, she is a great woman. Through the years, she has saved me millions. <laughs> Now, honestly, did she save or did she spend? <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> we don't know, Pastor. We don't know. It sounds like she saved, right? <laughs> okay, here's a simple principle. You ready? Ready? Spending is when money goes out. Everybody do this with me, right? Goes out. Come on, some of you aren't getting it. It goes out, okay? That, that's spending when you give people money, even if it's less money than they would normally want for something, you just spent money, right? Saving is when money comes in. Okay, comes in, right? How many people think, eh, coming in, we want money, to, money cometh, right? You know, we want to come in. We need to know the difference between spending and saving. Need to do that one more time? Okay, what's that? 
<laughs> Spending, saving, right? Okay, number four. This, um, this is something, this is, I picked this up from a, a pastor. I thought this was some of the best advice I'd ever heard. He said this, he says, um, I can admire it without having to acquire it. Somebody needs to shout and say amen, right? I can admire it, but I don't have to acquire it. You do not have to buy everything that you're attracted to. Come on, shout now, right? I like nice stuff, I'm telling you. Through, I, Yvette, you know, and this is, I know there's differences with men and women, but man, I like motorcycles and I like boats and I like the nice cars. Man, there've been times when I said, hey babe, come on, let's get in the car. Let's go look at some new cars. And so we'll get in the car and we'll drive through and we'll wave at Josh and Steve, you know. Well, this was, hey, we'll have all this. And then Yvette says, well, 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 which one are you getting? And I'm like, I'm not getting any of them. I'm just looking at them. Like, what's the purpose in that, you know? <laughs> a few years ago, we were up in Dallas. We went into um, the Bass Pro Shop. I thought I'd get a big, ooh, ooh, yeah, man, oh, yeah. So we went into the Bass Pro Shop, and we were over there, and we started walking through the pontoon boats. Woo, man, they have some beautiful pontoon boats. I like pontoon boats. I'm praying, you know, Lord, whenever you like, I'd like... But you know what? We walked on those boats and sat in the seat. You know what? I could admire it, but I didn't have to acquire it. You and I can learn that we have self-discipline. It's one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? We can admire without having to acquire. There's things that we can't afford right now. Doesn't mean you can't do it someday, but maybe it's not right now. Amen? How many people know we don't have to have everything right now? I don't care what the television says. I know you deserve it. I know you'll be a better person because of it. I know you'll be beautiful. I know you'll be handsome. I know you'll be thin. I know you'll be sleek and chic and all those wonderful things if you just eat this, buy this, own this. I don't want to bust anybody's bubble this morning, but every now and then, advertising will lie to you. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to acquire it, okay? You can admire it. And this leads us to number five. Learn to be content with God's provision. Learn to be content with God's provision. <clears throat> Philippians chapter four, verse 11 says, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in to be content for I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now I know in contemporary world, that's the 413 across our eyes and the football players and I can, but you know what Paul's saying here, I, I can abound whether I can, I, I can do all things, whether I've got plenty more than enough or if I have need, I can still make it in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what he's saying. He's saying that. He's saying, so we need to learn to be content. Most of us say, okay, well, I'm going to learn to be content, but I want to start with abounding, right? <laughs> Let's start with plenty. Let's start with more than enough. And then we can maybe learn to have the need later on. But many people that's not know that that's just not how it usually works. Usually we learn some disciplines going through the, the sacrifices and going through from, from just making it to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. And can I tell you, 
that from what I've heard, that for people who've always kind of had it made and, and, and lived, a, you know, the, 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 the prosperous, blessed life, that, that when that doesn't happen, when there's not more than enough, then they've really, really difficult, have some really difficult times when, when there's not enough in the pantry and when there's not enough in the bank account and when things are lean. And God wants us to learn. God wants us to learn to be content. God wants us to... Um, to, to, to learn to, to trust him at every level. And, and, I, and I think that's where we're at this morning. Well, what, what, what is it? And, and here's, here's a statement, okay? How about this? Do you, how many people think God is involved in your life? Okay. How many people think that God loves you and he cares for you? So if that is true, if God is our God and we are his people, his sons and his daughters, could it be that God has us at the financial position in our life that we're at today for a purpose? Could, could it be that he wants us to, to learn to be content and to trust him in the, in the stresses and in the difficulties and in the tough times and in the difficult times and so that we can be faithful to him when we abound? Could that be? So let me ask you, are we learning to be thankful for what he has done? Are we learning to, are we asking him to teach us how to have margin in our life? You're saying, wait a minute, margin, I can't even pay my bill. Well, well maybe God wants to show you how to live leaner. Or maybe God wants to show you how to, to work more diligently. Maybe, maybe God wants to show you that you can do more than you can think you can do. Maybe God wants to show you that if you have to get a second job for a season, that he'll give you the strength to bear up under the demands of that. And do you feel this, the warmth and the love there? So, are we ready to abound? Are we ready to... And, and, and let me say, don't, don't stop there. Don't, don't stop. And, and I mean this, whatever level, economic level you're at today, believe God for more. Hey, church, you with me? Believe God for more. Ask him for increase. Say, God, I want more. I want to go higher. Why? Not just so that I can live better, but so that I can give better. Amen? Amen. So we want to learn to be content in whatever situation we are, because if we do not, we will go into a place called debt. And I want to tell you that there is a danger. Number six, there is a danger in debt. Folks, debt is not your friend. Debt doesn't love you. Debt seeks to hurt you. Debt is um, trying to undermine who you are in God's plan and God's purpose for your life. <clears throat> I want to read a statement here. This is from a pastor, a guy named Bill Hybels. He said this. <clears throat> he said, debt is telling God that his current level of provision for your life is not enough, and then arranging how to get more for yourself. How many people think that might be a dangerous thing to do? I wonder what audacity it takes to stand in front of the creator of the universe and say, God, my current situation, you're not, do you're not doing it right. You're not taking care of me right. You're, you're, you're not doing your part. And so, God, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something on my own. I'm going to... I'm going to get a credit card and I'm going to purchase for myself what you should have done for me and I'm going to get into debt. 
Don't you think that's a dangerous place to be? What do you think about that? <clears throat> Debt is telling God his current level of provision for your life is not enough. And then arranging how to get more for yourself. I say it again. Your current level of, of, of um, financial provision is not an accident. I, I believe that wherever we are today, <coughs> excuse me, wherever we are today and in whatever situation we are in, God wants us to learn something. God has something that he wants to teach us. And listen, when God's wanting to teach us something, it's not just for us. It's also for others. Amen? Do you believe that? It's also because you might have a son or a daughter that you need to teach something. Or you might have a friend or a neighbor or a brother or a sister that you can share this with. Uh, Mr. Hybels goes on, he says this, he says, that this, this thought about providing for yourself is very close to spiritual treason. When you say to God that you have got, you've got something wrong, God, You're not, I can do a better job of taking care of myself than you can. How many people know that's wrong thinking? Amen? Amen. Look at this. Money's still staying there. Everybody see this? Money's behaving. It's doing what we told him. All right. Number seven. You ready? <clears throat> if you stay in a situation of debt long enough... You are going to continue to abide in this situation. You're going to come to a place where, number seven, the scripture tells us that the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 22, seven says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. How many people think that God wants us to be slaves? How many people think God wants us to be free? He doesn't want us to be the borrower. He wants us to be the lender. He wants us to be the ones that have a storehouse that's full so that we can pour out and give out into the lives of others. So let's not allow, um, let's not allow ourselves to go from debt into slavery. I, and and I, I, I really do have a deep concern about this for this reason, folks, that I look over just this congregation here, and I know that there are people here who have deep desires to do great things for Jesus Christ. Am I talking to the right people this morning? Is there anybody here who says, man, I want to do something for God. I want to do something that impacts uh, eternity. I want to do something that expands the kingdom of God. And, and if I had the resources, I would do this. There are people sitting here today that if they had the money, they'd already be on the mission field. There are people sitting here today that if they had the money, they would be building homes for the homeless. And if they had the resources, they'd be feeding the hungry and they'd be helping the poor. And they'd be, how many people have dreams like this in your heart that says, man, if I just had a little more resource, then these dreams could be reality. And can I tell you that if we allow ourselves to settle for being slaves to, slaves to debt, then these dreams are gonna struggle. These expressions of the kingdom of God are going to struggle. And I know, it calls, I know it causes conflict in our heart because I want to do great things for the kingdom, but at the same time, I've gotta to go to the mine and I've gotta got slave away to pay off the debt and to make ends meet. And I find instead of doing the thing that I would do, I do the thing that I have to do. And I believe, folks, that if we'll allow God to discipline our lives and to help us and to, and, and to say that we don't have to live like everybody else, the old Dave Ramsey, right? If we don't have to live like everybody else, let's, let's, let's live, not live like everybody else so that there's a time when we can live like nobody else, right? 
then I believe that God will bless us and God will help us. Now, folks, let me say this. I'm not saying that there's never a time for debt. Bradley, you can come on. I'm not saying that there's never a time for debt. Maybe you had to, to, to get some debt to buy a car or to buy a house or uh, to get, you know, we, we have debt here on this, on the church. Uh, we know that. But can I tell you that when you borrow, that, that let this principle be a reality in your life. Only borrow the, the least amount possible. Always try to borrow money on things that are going to appreciate, that are going to increase in value. And when you borrow, seek to pay it off as quick as possible. Amen? I think that'll help us. That'll help us. Okay, number eight. Uh, this, um, for that to be a possibility, for that plan to work in our lives, then I think that from time to time we need to have a meeting with money. All right? Do you ever have to have a meeting with your money? Nobody has me. If you don't meet with your money on a regular basis, you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be saying, bye. Bye, money. Bye. It's nice having you around for a while. But, but every now and then, we need to sit down and we need to have a little meeting with our money. And we need to tell our money and we need to say, money, look, God has given you to me. And because God has given you to me, then then I'm going to do what God wants with the money, not just with what I want to do with you. Do you know that in our world today, that, um, that the majority of Americans, that the average of uh, people in America spend 113% of their income? 113, how many people think, no, that just won't work for long? And that's why we find that the, the average, okay, the average person is carrying something like, like $60,000 worth of debt. That, that, the average person. So there, people are always digging uphill and struggling uphill. And can I tell you, God's got a better plan for you. So I want to give you a simple little thing to do. Have a meeting with your money. And say, money, when you come into me, I'm not going to live like the world. The world says the first thing that I do when I get money is I'm going to spend it on me. The second thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to possibly invest a little bit of it. Statistically, right now, <coughs> investments, okay, the people are investing less than, people that are investing or are investing less than 2% of their income. Let me tell you, investing 2% of your income will not get you to a place where you can abound. It will not get you to a place where you can be generous. It, it won't get you to a place where you can put into practice, which I believe one of the most neglected spiritual gifts in the kingdom of God is the spiritual gift of giving. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've met a few givers in my life, and I've thought, man, I would love to have the spirit of giving. I would love to have that gift of giving. Does, does anybody have any dreams in their hearts about giving? I mean, I've got some dreams. How many people have any dreams in their heart about giving? I mean, I really do. I'd love to be able to give. And there's, there's some certain things I want to do in the mission field and, 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 and orphanages and, and, and hospitals and homes and, 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 and this, king, this, this work of the kingdom of God here, things. I want to give. I want to, I want to see it flourish. Do you know that God's able to do that? By, by raising up people that he can entrust with exorbitant amounts of money. I believe that. <clears throat> I've known a few of those people. It's an amazing gift. But you know what they do on a regular basis? They meet with their money. 
And they, and they sometimes, if you can't just meet with your money alone, let me say this, sometimes maybe you need to get an, an advisor for over 20 years now, okay? Yvette and I have, have had a financial advisor. I remember the first time he came to our house and he met with us and he said, you know, how much money would it take for you to retire on and, you know, what kind of lifestyle would you like to live and what do you want to do and all those type of things. And so he went through this whole process and he laid it all out there and he looked at us and he goes, you can't get there from here. So, so anybody ever had that kind of a meaning? You can't get there from here. But you know what? I know this. I know God is able to work miracles. And so maybe you need some help. Anybody here ever sought a coach? Maybe to help coach you with your your golf swing or your tennis swing or you go to a physical trainer or you go to, you know, whatever it is, you get people to help you. Maybe, maybe you need somebody to help you. And, and if, if you need that help, let us know. We've got people here in the church that will be able to, to help you to be the, the best financial manager that God, that you can possibly be. But have that meeting with money and say, I'm not going to live like everybody else. When my money comes in, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take 10% and I'm going to give God his 10%, the tithe. Everybody should have shouted, amen, right? That's God's money. We've been holding it for him. And then I'm going to take a little bit more and, and above the 10%, I'm going to take some money and I'm going to give it and I'm going to maybe keep some of it in my pocket so I can be generous. And so that when I'm in the line at Chick-fil-A, right? When I'm in the line at Chick-fil-A the other day, I almost ran into Stacy Connor. I was trying to beat her and try and get in front of her, you know, and I was pushing the car in front of me and she was in and she got in front of me and man, the next thing I know, somebody had bought my lunch, you know, had bought my Chick-fil-A biscuit, right? This is confession and appreciation at the same time. All right. So, right. Get, so, I mean, you might want to do that. You might want to buy somebody's lunch or two or three lunches or, or bless somebody in a special way. So you tithe and then you give, and then you say, and then you know what I'm going to do? And then I'm going to take some of my income and I'm going to put it away and I'm going to put it into a savings account. I'm going to pay me because God believes in me, I'm gonna believe in me, amen? Are you guys getting this? So maybe you wanna put 10 or 15% into to tithing and to giving, and then maybe you wanna take another 10% or 15% and put it into savings. And then you wanna take the rest, that other 70 or 75%, and you say, and with that, that's gonna be, that's going to dictate my lifestyle because I'm gonna be a person who lives with margin in my life, amen? Amen? That, that was, everybody was supposed to say amen right there. We're getting to the end here, folks. We're about done, <laughs> all right? We're gonna be people who live with margin. So I encourage you to be people that set financial goals. I encourage you to be people that say, hey, listen, you know what? God, I wanna be a good steward of everything that you've given me. I am, I'm serious about this. I know this isn't the normal message, but, but you know what? I think in the church, man, we've got to get beyond just surface kind of stuff and going through the motions of saying the same thing over and over. Folks, I'm telling you, these are principles that you find in Scripture. The Bible says that the ant lays up, stores up, and has plenty to get them through the, the winter times. You know what I'm sick of seeing? I'm sick of seeing God's people living from crisis to crisis. I'm sick of seeing God's people uh, getting out of one hole to fall into a pit. And that's not who God's created us to be. 
He's called us to be prophets and priests and kings. And he's called us to be those who receive his blessing and handle his blessings wisely because through us, the scripture says, he desires to bless the nations of the earth. God wants to bless you. He wants to help you to be a blessing. Amen.